Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network and powered by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of CLNS Media. I am joined by Wayne Breezy Brown, and today we are talking about the second straight win by the Celtics, and so far so good, looking like they're getting back to their winning ways. It's 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 refreshing after a little bit of struggles. It's definitely refreshing. But Wayne, how are you feeling about them right now? Does it feel like they're kind of turning a corner? Because I don't want to get too high. Like, you got to moderate a little bit here. But I feel like they're starting to flip a switch. Yeah, I mean, they're looking like they're getting back to, you know, the formula, right? And so I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, this is cool. I don't care if these are easier teams or it doesn't matter. Like, the Celtics need to go out there and and do what they do, put their stamp on approval, on you know, and and ride off into these playoffs because the playoffs are literally around the corner. So back to back wins, convincing wins, I think is the the word we can add. I mean, the games do kind of like fluctuate for the first couple of quarters, and then the Celtics flip a switch and then they transform. Yeah, and they, and they find a way to pull away, like, you know what I mean? So it's really good. It's really good to see that the team's synergy is good. Uh, the energy levels look great. Uh, you know what's really funny? There's a lot less mistakes. So I'm, yeah. I, I don't know if there was a conversation. I don't care. As long as they continue to do what they're doing, a uh, few games left, uh, you know, will the Celtics start resting these guys? That's the big question. And I get like the argument for and against. I think that they're not going to rest guys. I think if anything, they're going to try and stagger minutes the best that they can. Um, I mean, we saw Rob. Rob's been great. Robert Williams had another great game um, this time against the Pacers. Came off the bench. So we saw a starting lineup that had Derek White in there. And they were staggering him and Al Horford. So it was like this great combo between Rob and Al. And you managed to get 15 minutes out of Rob. But they were really, really productive minutes eight rebounds. I think it's six points, eight rebounds, three assists or um, an assist, three steals and three blocks. And he looked really impactful in a short amount of time. And for this team in order to reach their ceiling, and they know this Jalen Brown said this after the game, they need Robert Williams to be healthy. And I think if that's the caveat, like you got to stagger him like this, we've been pushing for the ending, the double big, unless it's like a lineup specific situation. Like if you're going against Cleveland, you got to go double big. But for the meantime, like I think the best thing for your offense and for your ceiling in order to keep Rob as fresh as possible 
you got to start Derek White, who had yeah. another great game. You you mentioned this before we hopped on, but like the the trio of White, Tatum, and Brown went off, and Derek White again, just amazing season he's having. He was like five yeah. of nine from three. I didn't nine. know he could shoot like that. I don't know if he knew he could shoot like that last year. I mean, I think last year maybe not. I mean, he was new, so it, it just seems like he's getting a lot more comfortable. You know, with his role, and he's getting back to who he is. And so having Derek White is like a breath of freaking fresh air. At first, like the beginning of the season, I was like, man, like, he he just, he's he's terrible. Like, I'm going to keep it a buck because he just wasn't doing what he normally does out there. And it's not about him just scoring. It's about him being active. Then this dude is like the, the best point, uh, best blocking point guard in the league right now. So you're saying to yourself, That's okay. crazy. He's creating turnovers. He's getting the ball back, all that type of stuff. But when you mentioned Derek White and the last game against the Pacers, I mean, he played the most minutes, 38 minutes for this this guy, for this fellow. And, and he was effective, right? You know, four rebounds, nine assists, 22 points. And if you can get that from Derek White, if you're adding that to the arsenal, if, if Missoula is saying, oh, snap, we really have something here, then the Celtics have something for the league. I can tell you that right now. And the league won't be ready. Because here's the thing you get from Derek White. You get, um, you know, hard work. You're getting grit. You're getting a person that doesn't take a playoff. Oh, I missed a layup. No problem. I'll just go down, run back, sprint back, and block somebody's shot. Like, that's what you're getting on every single play. And he's doing it for damn near 40 minutes a game. Yeah, and I think the effort is the big thing, right? Like, being able to play that level of intensity and not miss games because, I mean, outside of the time that he tweaked his neck in Charlotte when he collided, I think, with Smart – he's like not missed like any time at all and it's crazy i don't know like i i think this would be too bold a stretch because i don't know if this is true or not but i feel like i haven't really outside of his neck issue like haven't really seen him on an injury report like at all you never see him take a rest you never see him complain about his role and you're getting him into this spot right now where joe missoula has no other options but to play him because he's just so damn good and impactful I mean, Joe, there's been a couple of times where Joe's been like, oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot to put Derek White in. And it's like, you, we can't keep doing this thing. you got to put him in to close these games out sometimes, too. Like, he's so important to what this team is capable of doing. He gives you another ball handler. He is no slouch on defense whatsoever. The three-point shot is legitimate. This is This is beyond just, is this a fluke? Is this some kind of hot streak that he's riding? No, that three-point shot is legitimate. He's one of the best three-point shooters on the Celtics team. And it's crazy to think that because I think when he came here last year, granted, he came in at the trade deadline, right? So it wasn't like he was like he had a whole season to get everything, you know, under him to get, you know, find his sea legs or whatever the heck you want to call it. But I never thought that he would be this level impact in terms of on offense. Like I knew that what his rep was defensively, and I thought that adding him to that, even just adding him to Marcus Smart, I was like, great. Like if if it's Smart and White and Pritchard, like they're in a really good spot. And then they went out and they added Brogdon. And so I'm like, okay, where's Derek White going to find minutes consistently? Now you've got a three-headed monster. Like how are you going to stagger these guys? And now it's like, okay, Derek White, you have to really heavily, heavily consider to stay in that starting lineup almost permanently until you yes. figure out what's going to happen with Rob. Because, like, I don't know if Rob's ever going to be able to consistently start. And I, I'm worried about it a little bit. But 
I think this right now, the way that they're staggering him and Al, I feel like that was like the best way to keep the defense to a certain level without like having to sacrifice on offense because you kept white out there. He helps your spacing again, ball movement. And you're also managing to keep Al as fresh as possible too. Like Al's minutes, you have to worry about as well. Staggering those big seem to do it. And it's like, you have a, granted they got different skill sets, right? Obviously Alan Rob, but you're keeping a high energy, high impact big man on the floor at all times. And I think that can't be understated because not a lot of teams can do that. And they, they can attack you in different ways. They managed to do so against Sacramento. They did so against the Pacers and they blew the Pacers out. I can't, it was not close. It, it felt like it was close for a little bit. They shot like sub 15% from three. It was like 15.4% from three. That's, that's not a coincidence. I don't know how much of that's just pages missing shots, but like, I don't know. Uh, all I'm saying is like, the, it seems like the Celtics are back where they need to be. And at the right time, I think big time, especially if they're trying to catch up with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it, this is all about flipping the switch, right? Finding the key ingredient, the right the right connection that's going to allow the Celtics to get back to, you know, the way that they were beginning of the season. And, you know, I know we're talking a lot about Derek White and and the energy and, and, and his hustle and all the different types of things that he's bringing to the team and his uh, ability to finish at the rim, his ability to be able to draw fouls, draw the contact, you know, get those free throws. So, like, Derek White, ha- again, is probably the key to flipping the switch. And it's funny because three or four years ago it used to be a guy like Marcus Smart where he might not have did it on the offensive side but on the defensive side he made sure that the offense got the ball back now we have an offensive guy and people don't think Derek White plays defense again he's the leading point guard and blocking shots this year like that's ridiculous and he's not just blocking point guards he's blocking centers he's blocking the fours the threes the twos and the ones so you have something good i think Missoula has figured something out this does allow everything you said like a rob williams who brings you a ball of energy i mean you want a rim finisher that is what you're getting. You ha- How many alley-oops did we see last night between him uh, and, and you know, Derek White? It wasn't that many, but the fact that you're getting him around the rim, Rob's still jumping through the roof, that's good, and he leaves the game healthy. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 23 minutes might be good max for, for Rob, Rob Williams going into the playoffs, but he's they're, they're allowing him to, you know, slowly come back, and I like that. You know, I like what Joe's doing. Uh, it seems like he, I don't know if he's, gotten any help but it seems like he's starting to figure this thing out and you know if I had to pick a lineup going into the playoffs I I, I feel like I'm gonna start seeing a little less Sam Hauser a little less Luke Cornett you know just a little less a little less uh but you know what it's working and I think the I, I think they match up really well with whoever they're gonna have if they finish in the two seed and that's my that's the key for me I want them to finish with the two seed I mean you got Philly a couple of games behind but they can finish. They can finish strong. This is why I wouldn't even bench anybody or rest anybody. Let these guys go out and play basketball. You know, let them play. Yeah. So in terms of the two seeds, so right now they're two and a half games back of the one record of fifty-one and twenty-three. It's pretty crazy thinking that come Sunday, by the time this drops, um, there's going to be a game against the Spurs, six o'clock Eastern time. That's going to be game seventy-five of the season, which feels wow. crazy. The playoffs are like right there. Um, and Boston is fortunate. I think six of their last nine games are going to be at home. So they're going to have, thankfully, not a lot of travel. And I think that'll give them a good amount of time to just kind of get everything squared away. 
Um, we talked about some of the matchups they've got. They're facing the Raptors twice. They face the Bucks, the Sixers, the Jazz. Um, after the Spurs, they're going to be going against, let's see. Yeah, it'll be Wizards. Yep, Wizards, Wizards are in the mix there too. So, mm-hmm. And then the final game of the season is going to be against the Hawks. So couple of tough games thrown in there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so. young, energetic teams, but I feel like they match up well against the Hawks. I mean, it's a, poss- it's a possibility that they can go undefeated on this last little six-game stretch, but let's see what happens against San Antonio, you know. Yeah, uh, that's, like a, said, that's a good point, too. Yeah, like the Celtics do their thing. They continue to do their thing. You know, their three-point shots are hitting. Good luck trying to beat them. Uh, but the key is when they're not hitting, are they figuring out other ways to put points on the board? And so that's what we're starting to see, right? And so, um, you know, Jalen Brown is just looking, he, he's looking like a superhero. Like, you know, like it's like it's the super Jalen Brown. Maybe that's because he's on his way to a super max deal uh, if he gets that all NBA. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what goes down. Yeah, and between him and Jason Tatum, I think both of those guys are hitting the Jets. Tatum's three-point shot is still isn't quite there yet. Some games it's on, some games it's off. And when it's off, he's starting to realize, okay, I need to actually cut to the rim because this is where I'm going to live. Like I'm going to buy myself a nice timeshare here because it's so easy for me to get to the cup. I mean, he, he spent all that time getting built, getting jacked up, you know, getting ready to be able to bang down low and to get into the hoop with ease. And he's realizing he can do that when he doesn't have that three ball. And he did it a lot against the Pacers. He had a couple of different, different drives to the hoop where he just looked fantastic, really, really crafty finishing, um, displaying a lot of that athleticism, that explosiveness that you need from him to be like, you need him to be aggressive, right? Um, yeah. Five or six from the line. So he got a couple fouls here and there, but I mean, between him and Jalen um, combined, they had uh, 61 points. Tatum had 34 points past Larry Bird, um, which is just a big awesome. record. It was yeah. crazy, right? So most 30 point games in a single season, he had tied Larry Bird just past him with 40 games, and he still has some games left. So there's an entire possibility where at this point now, everything else past this point is going to be added onto that. Right now, uh, last time I checked, and I think this is still the case, uh, Tatum is leading the NBA in scoring. Uh, at one point, he was the only guy in the league who had more than 2,000 points, which wow. is crazy. I, I can't remember the last time that we saw a player of this level, like impacting the game, the way he's doing it. Isaiah Thomas was like that a little bit. I mean, Isaiah Thomas finished top five in MVP voting, but we kind of all knew that that was lightning in a bottle, right? We didn't think that he was going to be able to do that for a long period of time for Jason Tatum. He, he's not even like really entered his prime yet. Like he really hasn't. He's still got a couple of years before he really hits that echelon where there's going to be five years minimum of just dominant dominant play and so for him to be able to do this right before the playoffs I think he's kind of found a little bit of challenge in these last few games where it's like okay we want to try and close this season out strong you know people talking not great about him in the MVP race anymore I for one if he wins it great if not I'm not expecting him to but bringing that level of play and intensity. I think some of that also has to tie into that Jalen Brown conversation too, right? And we will get to that in a little bit, but what do you think of the Tatum so far, like finishing out the year? I I mean, I think he's doing what he needs to be. He's he's turning into that, you know, he is that that elite superstar. Um, 
you know? He's trying to get that three-point shot going, but the fact that he's flipping a switch as well and he's allowing himself to get to the rim, to get fouled, to do all these other things, to make plays, that's what I want to see from Tatum. Like that, and, that, and that's what we need. That's what the team needs. They feed off of that. And so I like what we're getting from Tatum. According to ESPN, I just wanted to talk about the point scoring. I mean, they have him sixth on the list. So, I mean, but it's super close, right? So, Embiid is one with 33.4. I think Dodgers Oh, okay. That's why you so. Okay. You got to look wrong? at total points. No, no, no. So that's going points per game. That's another thing, too. Um, got you. For, for scoring leaders. So, right, so I think the scoring go... title goes by points per game. It doesn't go by total points. All right. So how do – let me see if I can find points per game. I mean, total points. I'm sorry. I don't think it's up I can there. pull that up. Yeah, get that up there because that would be really cool um, to see if he's actually leading. Um, you know, and total points that that lets you know, like the caliber of a player that that Tatum is. And uh, this team definitely vibes off of him. They vibe off of his energy. Uh, and for Tatum, he's he's just playing really well. Well, really great basketball. I don't want to say really well. He's playing really great basketball. And it's really cool to watch this young kid like Blossom. You talk about him uh, passing Larry Bird's uh, record. That's huge because Larry Bird is a he, He's the top echelon, one of the top echelon players in the in the in, of the NBA, and then especially in the Boston Celtics community. And now you have this young fellow coming in here, just making these threes, like like training them, like you know what I mean. Uh, and so, I think he's going to take that bar and set it so high that probably no one will probably be able to pass that many times soon. Because Tatum's shot is going to continue to fall. It's going to it's going to come back at some point. Like you know what I mean. But having the most 30-point games in a single season is amazing. Uh, I think this kid is just on to something, and I'm so glad that he's a part of this uh, organization. Yeah, and I mean, that's the cool thing, I think, seeing him kind of grow into this sort of player. It's crazy thinking back to some of those clips. Every now and then you see, like, clips from his rookie or sophomore season. And it's just insane to think how impactful he was as a younger player. And now seeing to where it's he's averaging like 30 points per game. Like Crazy, it's, right? it's nuts. Like that's I mean, not normal. When he came in with the low Caesar haircut and, oh, you know, man. you know, he was just, you know, he was going to be, he was a little skinnier, you know what I mean? And, 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 and now he's just, I mean, he's not only can he shoot score, I mean, he's even got moves. Like, you know, he's able to, I mean, he's got moves. He's got a little dribble. Uh, he's got a, he's got a Euro, uh, he's starting to get that. The left hand is starting to come along very well. Like I'm, ex- Jason Tatum is exciting. Yeah, he's he's electric. Um, so in total points, yes, he is uh, leading the league. Um, he's got 2,078 points, uh, 74 more points than Joel Embiid, and in third is Shai Gilgis. Uh, Shai Gilgis Alexander has 1,972, so 1,972 points. So. Crazy, crazy stats. I mean, he's probably going to end up, I think by the season ends, it's pretty safe to say that he's probably going to be close to 2,200 points or a little bit over. Yeah, well, so the tricky thing is, is that award actually goes by points per game, not by total points. I think it... I want to say it was Sean Grandy was saying on the broadcast, he was complaining about that specifically. He was like, I don't understand like why they do it like this as opposed to doing like total points, which I think that they it should be total points, but, you know... I, I, I get the argument for and against, but I feel like total points should be part of that conversations. You know, when you're talking about these season awards, 
I mean, Malcolm Brogdon's going to be in the mix, which is cool. This is the first time that I've seen like multiple Celtics be in the conversation legitimately for some of these awards, which is a weird thing. Like growing up, I feel like most of the time, you know, the Celtics were rebuilding and then you had, you know, the big three era. So you had KG going out and getting DPOY. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of thing, like it's really crazy going to now where Marcus Smart came the first guard since Gary Payton to get the award. Now Malcolm Brogdon, you're one here being six man, probably going to be top two, top three candidate for six man of the year. Uh, I feel like Joe Missoula, unfortunately, isn't going to be in there for coach of the year, but I, he should be. But I feel like Mike Brown's from Sacramento is going to beat him out for that. And I think that's that's totally fair just because of how good the Kings have been um, compared to the expectations that we had for him. In terms of expectations, though, and talking about franchise players and great players, everything coming out with Jalen Brown is kind of – we talked about it a little bit before, but yeah. Jason Tatum got asked about it. Jalen Brown talked about it a little bit. And we had another article with The Ringer. We talked about that briefly. But there was apparently some kind of conversation that happened. Um, this relates to everything that happened with Kevin Durant. Um, going back to this past offseason, you had – all of the rumors swirling around, you know, would, would the Celtics get in on those talks? And then allegedly Jalen Brown was made available in trades. Jalen Brown opened up and said like, yeah, that actually like really bothered me. I had no idea what was going on. Kind of felt left in the dark. And he ended up having a three-way phone call with Jason Tatum and Brad Stevens. So he looped both of those guys in on a phone call um, in order to have this really uncomfortable conversation of like, I, I don't know what's going on and I kind of need to, you know, clear the air. And basically they ended up just reassuring him that he wasn't going to be traded, that he was part of the plans and all of that. And Tatum was asked about this after the Pacers game. And this is what he had to say. He said, just reassuring the obvious that we need him. And he's a big part of this team, this franchise without him, we can't reach our goal. You guys know that the world knows that the team knows that we need him to be the best version of ourselves. And I don't think that's obviously that. Yeah. As he said, it's, it's obvious. Like Jalen Brown is part of that winning formula, but it's also still reassuring to hear that they had that conversation. I know things have always kind of been tense when talking about their kind of relationship. It's always been a talking point, whether it's fair or not, like it's Kobe and Shaq, we had a talking point for a long time, but they also had like, they were openly and publicly feuding. It's it's a different era now where cameras are constantly on you and you've got, you know, computers at your fingertips and all of that. So like there's this constant churning media cycle looking for news and there just seems to be a fixation on the Jays relationship. But what are your takeaways from like Tatum's comments on it and, do you think this kind of factors in, does it give Jalen Brown any peace of mind, you know, just going into the future? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if it gives him a peace of mind. I, I, if it was me, if I was Jalen Brown, it would give me a peace of mind. So, you know, to hear this come from the, you know, the leader of the team uh, or whatnot, it makes me feel like, okay, um, you know, it, it, I, I, it's like a breath of fresh air, right? Like, I, I, I feel a little bit more relieved. So I'm hoping Jalen Brown feels a little bit more relieved. And I can tell you right now, like, watching him play, he seems well relieved. <laughs> he seems like there's no tension or nothing holding him back. You know you know what I'm saying? If he, if he takes a shot and it doesn't go in, he's getting back on defense. There's a lot. Maybe this stuff needed to come out. Like, maybe these conversations need, 
needed to be held. And for some reason, it just seems like we're getting this best version of, of Jalen Brown, which is why the Celtics continue to, you know, flourish and be at the top echelon of their game. And I'm with I'm with Tatum. I thought everything he said was spot on. Jason Tatum is the best player on the team. But, man, if you take away Jalen Brown and what he, what he has to offer, I mean, imagine not getting his – what is he averaging, 27, 28, 29 points? Imagine not getting that per game. Like, imagine – just that being missed. And then imagine taking away a guy that's going to drive to the basket or a guy that's going to pull up and hit a midi in somebody's face or a guy that's going to, you know, you just do do the things, the, the intangible things that he does. That would be a huge loss. Um, I don't really want to get into the Jalen Brown contract situation because at this point it's really up in the air. It's a moot point, right? Yeah, like because it's the NBA, right? So it, it comes down to them suckers, right? Like, will he make our NBA? Because for the way I see it, Celtics won't be able to afford Jalen Brown moving forward. Now, we talked about it earlier in our, on an episode. If he does make this all NBA, that's a whole different story. And they got to figure out how to keep Jalen Brown here, man. Him and Tatum are like Batman and Robin. Give me some sidekick duos, bro. Like, that's that's who they are. Um, I mean, it's, it's McGrady and T-Mac. That's like that's the it. obvious one for me. Like, that's... That's the That's duo it. that should have stayed together and That's perfect. You know, play out and, their careers together. And don't mess that up this time. Yeah. Like, don't be the team that's going to break them up. Like, break a a, 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 t- a tandem up like that. Like, don't do that. That got broken up. And that was kind of messed up. And they all went their separate ways. And McGrady and his injuries didn't able, you know, and, and Carter played forever to at least like 75. But... At the end of the day, don't break this up, and yeah. I'm hoping that we continue to see this going forward. I, dude, I'm so excited to watch these guys play in the playoffs. I feel like they've been doing they've been doing so well their whole careers in the playoffs. They just can't get over that one little stinking hump game, and so this is the year. I could feel it. It definitely feels like it, right? Especially with the way that they've been picking it up lately. I think being worried about the team going into the playoffs was definitely fair, but. There was one interesting tidbit. This was from an article that got dropped in The Athletic um, confirming, I think this was by, yeah, this was from Jake King. And so apparently Al Horford had a uh, had a, a difficult conversation with the team. Not different or difficult than usual, but just having a moment of leadership. Um, so this is a direct quote from the piece. Um, so with the playoffs approaching, Horford wanted the Celtics to stop wasting time. Before a recent film session, teammates said he urged them to dial up the urgency and start taking care of the smaller details. Though Horford downplayed the significance of his talk, saying he regularly addresses the team and didn't know why this conversation would resonate more than any other, other Celtic players considering the message meaningful. Mm. That would make a lot of sense because this came after the Utah game came right after that Utah loss, which of course was very, very frustrating. Um, so, I mean, it's just because they blew a big lead and it just, it's happened a handful of times this season. And I think it's a fair concern. I mean, that's just the ghost of the past where it's like, you don't take care of the little things and all of a sudden everything just falls apart. And see, to me, that comes down to the veterans of the team, which the majority of the team are, are veterans, right? And so your Marcus Smarts, your Al Horfords, those are guys that have been around for a long time. And, you know, just because you're like, how, how, how do I say this? Like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, just because they're leaders, you know, 
they that doesn't make them veterans, even though they're still some of the older players on the roster. Like they're still young and they're still trying to do things. But it comes down to those veterans. To me, those are the anchors, right? And so, like Al Horford, uh, I think that's tremendous. He, he had a meeting, and we needed the meeting. And I'm hoping that meeting went something like this. Each of you, me, beep, beeps, got a role. We need to play our roles. We play our roles. We'll continue to be successful. I'm not sure if Al talks like that, but that would have been my speech because that's all it comes down to. I don't need you to outdo stuff that, you know, I don't need you to overplay this or overplay that. Just just do your job. Like, it's so simple. And the Celtics have a great, great formula. Move the ball. The wide and somebody will be wide open to shoot. If we miss a wide open shot, I'm okay with it. If we move the ball because it's gonna that look's gonna be there again and again and again, and you keep shooting it until you make it. Yeah, and it gets the defenses scrambling. That's a big thing, right? And it you makes play a fire, speed. Tim. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you tucker them out. Yeah. Well, and specifically with what Horford said, it was something along the lines of this. Um, so this is from the Jay King piece again. Williams said Horford addressed teammates about the need to be able to talk about or talk to each other, accept criticism, and not let problems linger. Leave it there and keep going, Williams said, because we've got something bigger we're working toward. So being able to say, hey, we screwed up on this play, just don't let it happen again, communicate, and talking through those kind of things. Communication is key because once teams stop communicating both on offense and defense, you can see in the body language where stuff starts to fall apart. We've seen it before with this team, not specifically this season, but in seasons past when things were really, really bad last season, um, when they were just struggling right off the bat under Ime Udoka. Like there were definitely moments where you could see that body language and just the way that the demeanor would change. And so now it's it, it's refreshing to see them kind of get back to the winning ways and moving the ball the way they needed to. But besides that, um, is there anything else you want to talk about today before we wrap up? No, nah, man, I think the Celtics are on a natural high. Uh, let's see if they can continue the streak going and keep the streak alive. Uh, they look really good. And as long as they continue to do the, you know, the the small things, like like the things they know, like, all right, guys, we don't have to ISO. Let's just move the ball. Like, the team is not better than us. We can get wide open shots and boom, boom, boom. Like, if they continue to play that way, I guess you say discipline. If they continue to play discipline, they're going to be just fine. I don't care who they play. Like, they're a winning team. They just have to remain disciplined. That's it. That's the key. That's a good way to put it. Um, With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Vitamin C's. Uh, Once again, you can find us over on CLNS Media Network, um, empowered by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and the official sports book partner of CLNS. Take care, everybody. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet.